Would you turn to two openings, please, this morning? Ephesians 3 and Psalm 68. Ephesians 3 and Psalm 68. We are going to be talking some things about fathers this morning. The scripture said from the Old Testament, from the, from the law and the prophets, and down to Jesus' day, re-emphasizing it in the new covenant, that we are to honor our mothers and fathers. And into the New Testament, to Ephesians, didn't the scripture say that that was uh, one of the first commandments with a promise? If we would honor our mothers and fathers, that things would go good for us. It'd go well with us. And we'd live long on the earth. How many like for things to go good for you? And live a long time? Well, then what is a big key to that? Honoring your father and your mother. You know, one reason that is such a key issue is because if you don't honor father and mother, then you can pretty much assume you don't honor God either. Because you are what you are. And if you honor God, it's the most natural thing for you to honor people. You just are an honorer. Right? Didn't the Lord say, 1 John through John, He said, if a man says that he loves God and he hates his brother, he's a liar. Right? And how do we know that you love God? By, by you loving people. I mean, it just doesn't work. Sometimes people say, well, Lord, I love you. Oh, I love you with all my heart, soul, and mind. But I can't stand all these people. They just, they get on my nerves. I'm sorry, but it doesn't work that way. And you know, um, what if those of you that are fathers and you have children, and what if you and I were friends, and yet I treat your children like dirt? I kick them when they're down. I'm mean to them. I'm, I, I hurt them. And yet I come to you and I say, yeah, but now you and I are buddies. We're friends. I can't stand your kids, but you and I are friends. Does that work? That doesn't work. In fact, I'd get in good with you better by doing something for your kids than for you. Is that right? It bless you better and greater. Well, I wonder if the Father God's that way. I said, I wonder if he's that way. When you just get through being mean to some of his kids and hurting them and talking about them and backstabbing them and then come into the service and go, oh God, I love you though. I love you. Oh, I praise you. He's not interested. If, if you love God, the scripture says, you love those that are begotten of him. You love his kids. Amen. And the same thing is true in area after area after area. If you honor God, then you honor people. If you submit to God, you submit to people. How many can see a trend here? The list goes on and on. Now in Ephesians, the third chapter... Ephesians 3 and verse 14. Ephesians 3, 14 says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is our God a Father? He's the Father. I bow my knees to the Father. Of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family, everybody say family. The whole family in heaven and earth is named. And he goes on to pray that, that they'd be strengthened with might and that they'd have a revelation and be filled with the love of God and the fullness of God. It has always... It, it, was, it is, it will always be God's will, fathers, mothers, children, family. 
The devil has done his best to destroy it, and he's working right now, trying to give us acceptable alternatives. But God hasn't changed, and he's not going to change. His will is a good, strong daddy and a good, strong mama and good kids and a good family. Amen? Amen. You might say, well, I, I, I don't have a mama. Are you saved? You got one now. Amen. Right. I don't have a daddy. Are you saved? You got one now. That's right. And not just one. That's right. Amen. If you're saved, you'll commit to God and hook where he tells you to hook. Then you ought not be able to say, I don't have a family. I don't have a daddy. I don't have a mama. It's only because you're not doing what he told you to do. Right. Amen. Amen. Do you have a family? If you feel like that you're hooked up here now, then this is a family. There is one. I mean, he said, look at, look at the scripture again. He said, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family, the whole family. Yes. Now, every church in this area and every church all over the country are supposed to be families. Some of them are just run like cold businesses and institutions are just like um, arm's length social clubs and that's not right it's supposed to be a family yes. I said it's supposed to be a family where the spirit of adoption is manifest where when you pull up on the parking lot you feel like a part yes. People, everybody makes you feel welcome they make you feel like a part yes. amen yes. how many know God will adopt you yes. a good church will adopt you they'll take you in yes. amen yes. make you feel like you belong Make you feel like a part. When you are born again, you are a part. Born into that family. And the whole family, all these families, these church families, all these families of every tribe, every nation, every tongue, make up the family. The family of God. Some people try to tell us, you know, uh, that, that God is the father of everybody and that we are all children of God, no matter what religion, no matter what background, that everybody on the planet is a child of God. That's not true. I said, that's not true. We're all the creation of God. But there, is, there are two families in the earth. I know there's all kind of different nations and, and different groups, but they're just, you, can, you can divide everybody into two groups, saved and unsaved. Right? Family of God. And Jesus said to some of the most religious people of his day, you are of your father, the devil. Right? Not everybody is of God. Not everybody is a child of God. You have to be born again to be a child of God. To be in this family. But this is, a great, this is the greatest family that has ever existed and ever will exist. Some of the families already in heaven. How many looking forward to that great reunion? Isn't that going to be wonderful? Isn't that going to be amazing? You're going to meet relatives you never knew you had. Huh? How about your great, 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 great grandma and grandpa that you have no record of, never met? You're going to meet them. The ones that were saved, you're going to meet them. Amen. And they're going to say, hi, I'm grandpa so-and-so. You're going to go, Glory to God. <laughs> and then not only that, but everybody that's there is family. That's right. Amen. Amen. What a family. Glory to God. Part of them's in earth. Like I, 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 in heaven, I, I should say. Like I just said about my grandmother. My other grandmother on, my, on the Moore side, going to be with the Lord. My granddad two years ago. And uh, my grandfather... Uh, he went home to be with the, the Lord, you know, many years ago. And then my grand, other grandmother just fried it. But they're there. They're all there. Amen. Amen. Oh, yes. Rooting us on from the grandstands of heaven. Yes. Telling us, get it. Yes. Get after it. Do the will of God. Yes. Amen. Get the job done. Amen. So yes. we can go ahead and get reunited and get on with the rest of this thing. Yes. But part of the family is in heaven and part of the family is in the earth. And the family is growing daily. People are getting born again. God's working on a building. 
I said, he's working on the building. He's building a living temple out of living stones. And when the last stone is sealed into place by the Holy Ghost, he's going to come back and fill this thing. Amen. And wind it up. Glory to God. So every time you see unsaved people, you should think, building materials. We can, fin- we can finish building this thing. Amen. Turn with me to Psalm 68. Need some more bricks. Psalm 68. Some people remind you of a brick sometimes. But God can soften them up. Psalm 68, are you there? Everybody say, the Father and the family. In Psalm 68, and in verse... Well, let's, let's just start in verse 1. It said, let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered, which is what happens when God arises. Amen? I don't care what kind of demons are carrying on and messing around. When God gets up, they clear the room. Let them also that hate him flee before him. As the smoke is driven away, let so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. We have a great God. Amen. Great God. But let the righteous be glad. You know, we, if, if we're hooked up with Him, we're trying to serve Him, we don't have to be, even though He is so awesome and so mighty, we don't have to be afraid in His presence. We can be glad. Let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. That didn't sound like a little whisper. Praise the Lord, does it? Yeah, praise the Lord. No, exceedingly. That's too much rejoicing. Amen. Sing to God. Sing praises to His name. Extol Him that rides upon the heavens by His name, Yah. And rejoice before Him. He's going to start preaching now. Watch this. He's a father to the fatherless. He's a judge to the widows. How many know he's a brother to the brotherless? How many know that he's got money when you're moneyless? He's got healing when you're healingless. He revealed himself as I am. Well, God, you, you am what? Fill in the blank. What do you need? You need healing, He am healing. Amen. You need peace, He am your peace. You need direction, He am your direction. He is. Whatever you need, He is. He is. He is all of it and much, much, much more. He's a father of the fatherless. In verse 6, now get this, He sets the solitary in families. One translation says the lonely He sets them in families. And he brings out those which are bound with chains. He delivers them. He brings them out. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Boy, that's another message. But you know there is something that can cut off the blessings of God from you. And hinder and shut down the plan of God in your life. And it is rebellion. I said it's rebellion. It's as the sin of witchcraft. It's a serious thing. I don't care how much God has planned for you or how many good things he's trying to get to you. If you harden your heart and you stiffen your neck and you say, no, I ain't going to do it. I ain't going that way. Then uh, you will just miss all of it. It just won't happen. So you hear people say, well, sometimes, well, I just believe God is God. And, you know, whatever he wants, he's going to make it happen in your life. Well, then you believe wrong. I said, you believe wrong. Minister was speaking one time and uh, he was talking along these lines and he said, you know, some people just believe, well, hey, God is God. and Anything he wants to do in your life, he is going to do, uh, you know, because he's God. And, and one young fellow jumped up and said, bless God, amen, I believe that, that's what I believe. He said, without thinking it, the Spirit of God prompted him. He pointed to him and said, well, why don't he make you pay your tithes then? 
He didn't even know it. He just said that by the Spirit. Said the fellow ducked down behind the seat. Well, God doesn't make you do things. Even though it's his will, even though it's his plan for your life, he won't make you go to church. He won't make you pray. He won't make you read the Bible. He won't make you walk in love toward people. He won't make you give. If you want to do something else, you can do it. But it'll cost you. I said it'll cost you. God sends people by us with good counsel, with direction. He sends ministry gifts to teach and to preach and, and, and to give understanding and revelation. He'll, he'll give it to us through our friends and through any number of avenues. But if you want to, you can say, well, I ain't having it that way. I'm, I got made up my mind. This is what I want to do, and I'm going to do it. And you can do it, but it can cost you everything. You know, the Lord will let you do things that's not his will. Hmm? Remember, Israel wanted a king. The Lord told them through the prophet that wasn't his perfect will. He was their king. Yeah, but they said, we want to be like other nations. They have a king, and he's all dressed up and rides on a horse and a chariot, and he leads them out, and that's what we want. We want to be like that. He said, well, that's not the will of God for you. Yeah, but that's what we want. Well, eventually, they kept on clamoring. He let them have one. He told them what it's going to cost them. You know you can do that, too, in your life? Well, God, I want this. I want to do this. I want that. And, and, and maybe pray, and he, not, he won't talk to you about it. That's a clue right there. Now, why would you talk to me about this? Well, you know, there's several things in my life that the Lord let me do. I just thought that's what I want to do. And, and make out like you pray about it. Well, I guess I ought to pray about this. So you go in the back room and you walk back and forth a few times and go, uh, Rundai, Shundai, Untamai, Butai. Okay, it's all right. God said uh, we could do it. You didn't pray. You didn't hear from God. And you know, you can't hear from God unless you're willing to hear a no. You got to be objective. Now, God's never going to tell you no, He doesn't want you healed. He's never going to tell you no, He doesn't want your needs to be met. But there are a number of things in life that you may decide you think you want to do, and it's not his perfect plan for you. You got to be willing to hear a no. You got to be objective to be clear to hear from God. And uh, on some of these things, you know, I just kind of rushed through it and just pushed on it. I want to do this. I want to do this. And oh man, after several of these things not going well. I know some things you thought you wanted and when you got it, you wished you never had it. Hmm? What was the story about the, that, that woman that uh, uh, this, this fellow was visiting the mental institution and they took him down the, uh, <laughs> they took him down through the, where they had the padded cells. And these guys were dangerous. And this one guy's running across the room, butting his head against the wall, butting his head against the wall. And uh, uh, said, what happened? You know, what, what was him? Well, he was in love with a woman. What was her name? I don't remember. We'll call her Sally. He was in love with Sally. And Sally, uh, you know, went off and married his best friend. And so he just lost it. He's in here hollering, Sally, Sally, butting his head against the wall. So he kept on going down the hall. And Mary. That's right, Mary. That's right. And so, uh, yeah, that's right, Mary. And so uh, he went on down, and, and, and after a while he looked, saw another guy. He was running across the room, butting his head, butting his head against the wall. And said, what's wrong with him? said, that's the guy that married Mary. <laughs> Sometimes people... They get what they thought they wanted, and it ain't what they thought it was going to be, you know. Young single people, listen. Middle-aged, older single people, listen. You got to be willing when you, I don't care if you're in love with the person. Do you understand just being in love with somebody is not enough reason by itself to marry them? People don't understand that. Well, we're in love. That doesn't mean you're supposed to get married. We're supposed to hear from God about it. God knows the future on this. Now, yes, you ought to be in love. Don't misunderstand me. 
But you also need to have direction from God that this is the right one. Somebody said, well, I'm already married. Well, then it's already settled. No need you wondering about it and figuring about it. You just need to work on being a success in where you are. I'm talking about people that's contemplating it. But listen, I don't care how head over heels in love you may be. As you're praying about it, you've got to be willing to hear a no. This is not the right one. Yeah, but we're in love. Well, that's, that's not all there is to it. And if you do feel like the Lord's telling you, no, this is not right, this is not the one, then you need to be, have enough faith in him to let it go and believe that he has something better for you and for them. Amen, and that you're not going to miss out. God's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to help you. Can you say amen? amen? He's a good daddy. He's a good father. Now, turn with me over to Psalm 103, and I have to speed up here, telling too many stories. Psalm 103, verse... 11. Psalm 103, 11. Are you there? As the heaven is high above the earth, so great is God's mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Like a father, pities, or other translation says, has compassion on his children, so the Lord pities or has compassion on them that fear him. All true fatherhood comes from the Father God. And God has given us fathers, among other things, to reveal himself to us through. Little ones should learn all kind of things about God. I mean, by the time, before they're even old enough to understand mentally, they should, they should be learning things about God through their mother and through their father. If you study the scriptures, you'll find that God has both mother qualities and father qualities. But he's given us mothers and fathers to reveal this and show this to the children, to the family, to the world. When people are seeing godly uh, marriages, husbands and wives, they should be seeing God. When they're seeing godly families, godly fathers and mothers, they sh- they're seeing God. And like I said, all true fatherhood is a reflection and revelation of the Father God. Now we have different fathers in our life. There is a father of our flesh. And we have fathers in the faith. And there is the Father of our spirit. Amen. I'll say that again. You remember what the, what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4. He said, though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers? For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. He's the one that brought them the, the gospel in the beginning. He's the one God used to get them born again, get them to begin to grow and to begin to fit. He was a father in the faith to them. And though you have many teachers in the faith, you don't have many fathers. The father to you and the fathers are those that God has used to bring you up and to teach you and train you, bring you into the kingdom. Everybody say, a father of the flesh, a father of the faith, and the father of my spirit. Only one, the father of my spirit. We want to honor all three of these. Amen? On Father's Day. Now, it is so sad that in the, current, the present world that you and I live... People are hurting. People are in misery because of a lack of family. I'm telling I don't do, do you realize what an ordeal it is? What a what a pitiful situation. So many people are in. They they don't feel like they belong to anything. They don't feel like that they have anybody that really cares about them. 
And so the devil is, is, is really trying to maximize this absence by raising up these false families. You understand a gang is a false family. The mafia is a false family. It, I mean, it's supposed to be, people join these things. So many times they don't join them uh, to commit crimes. That's not the main reason they join them. They join them because they want to feel like somebody cares about them and they belong and somebody respects them and somebody values them. And they don't have it in God. They could, but they don't have it because they either don't know or haven't received. And so this is a poor, 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 poor substitute for the real thing. Think about the family. That's what they call the mafia, the family. I mean, it's supposed to be based on you, you get respect in the family and, and your family sticks with you. Well, yeah, that's not true. You can just mess up in, in a little thing and they'll send some heavies out to talk to you and go, I love you like a brother, but I got to whack you. You want to be in a family like that? People do. They don't, they don't love you. They don't respect you. They'll kill you for nothing. Is that love? No. Let me tell you what love is. Love is leaving perfection in the Father's presence. Coming into this devil-ridden, curse-filled earth. And living and passing every test and Laying down and spilling life blood and being made the substitution for your sin. Giving up everything. That's love. And ever living to this day to make intercession for you and I. That's love. God has a family and it's the real family. I said it's the real family. Part of the families in heaven, part of the families in earth. There is no family that even compares to this family. When you're in this family, you got it made. Anybody know that you know that you're in this family? I'm, I'm in this family. I'm a part. How many know that, that family is supposed to take care of their own? And a, and, and a big part of what makes a family a family is the father of the family. He should bring stability. Our Father God, we know we can count on Him. There's certain things that you should never even have to think about your Father doing to you. There's certain things you should never have to think about your Father not being there for you. It's been that way in the earth. Men can fail, but God does not. And if you're in the family of God now, you have a family now. Don't look back. Don't think about mistakes and tragedies. You have a good family now. Amen? Amen. And if you feel like the Lord's brought you to this church and this is your church now, then I'm making a commitment to you that I will be a father of the faith to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now, if, if this... Amen. We didn't do this lightly. I've been in the ministry for a number of years. I know what it means to, to have a church. Church is a commitment. Amen. Just like Phyllis is making this commitment to you. And I am making this commitment to you. To be a, a daddy and to be a mama in the faith. Now you'll find that we are not pushovers. <laughs> and you'll find if you need a spanking, we will give you one. But you'll also find that we will help you when you need it too. Amen. And I will pray and I'll stay up all night. And I've already been doing it. And I will seek God and I will find out what to feed you. Amen. And I'll find out which way we need to go. And I will lead you there. And I won't just tell you what to do. I will do it. I will show you how to do it. And I will lead you in doing it. Amen. But then I'm going to expect some things of you. I'm going to expect you to commit. I'm going to expect you to grow. And I'm going to expect you to develop and mature. And then for you to help take care of the other kids. Older kids are supposed to help take care of the babies. I'm not going to visit everybody. Can't. I'm not going to do everything for everybody. Not supposed to. You're supposed to help me. 
Amen. We're going to be big too. And I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to go and travel some as well. I'm supposed to take deposits into other churches. I've, I've prayed. I didn't pray about this three minutes. We prayed about this for months. Amen. But we are going to be a family here. I said we're going to be a family. Let me give you quickly some things that you can count on with your heavenly father. And that you should be able to count on with your earthly father and the and a father of the faith. Now don't don't call me Father Keith. <laughs> Somebody say, why not? Well, because Jesus said not to. That's right. Didn't he? Those of you that have been reading the scriptures with us, you know that. And yet Paul said to those that he raised up and were under him, he said, I am a father to you. You don't have many fathers, but yet he didn't tell them to call him Father Paul. It's titles that we're not going to get into. How many know it's not in, in what kind of label you can put on the can? It's what's in the can. Right. How many would rather have a, a beautiful four-color uh, poster picture of peaches on the label of the can with an empty can? Or would you just as soon have nothing on the label but some real good peaches in the can? You know what I'm talking about. We're not going to get into titles We're going to get into work. One thing you can count on with your heavenly father. And one thing you got a good earthly daddy, he's this way too. And a father of the faith. A good daddy will never lie to you. I said he will never lie to you. Ever. Ain't no such thing as lying to somebody for their own good. Ain't no such thing as lying to somebody because you want to protect them. Lying to somebody because they can't handle the truth. You say all that stuff, you are deceived. When you are talking lies, you're talking about the language of another father. Isn't that right? Didn't Jesus say that Satan is a liar and he is the father of lies? I made up my mind I am not going to be a father of lies. Amen. I commit to you as a father of this church. I will never lie to you. If I make a mistake, I'll come back and straighten it up. But I'm saying I will not purposely mislead you or deceive you. How many daddies will raise up your hand and say, I will never. Even if you've made mistakes in the past, lift up your hand. I will will not lie to my kids. I'm calling you on record now. Every daddy in this place. Or you think you might ever be a daddy. You put up your hand and say, I will never lie to my kids. Say it out loud, please. I will never lie to my kids. How many know the scripture says that God cannot lie? Didn't it? And Hebrew says it is impossible for God to lie. Hey, are you settled in your spirit? How many know? I'm talking about the things that that are pillars in the family that give us stability. Things that we know are not going to change tomorrow. No matter what happens next year or the next, we know if God tells us something, we can count on it. He cannot, He will not ever, never lie to us. Secondly, your Father God and every good Father will never Stop believing in you. I said he will never stop believing in you. The Apostle Paul was and is a father in the faith. To people that came up under him. And he was, he was reproving them and giving them some very strong correction in Hebrews 6. I mean some very strong correction. And you know love will correct you when you're going down the wrong road. It's not love to say, well, I love them too much. I've had parents look at me across the desk, and they've got a two-year-old and a three-year-old that they cannot control, they say. They're just ruining our lives. We can't do anything, you know. And I'd say, well, do you discipline them? Do you correct them? Well, I just love them too much to spank them. No, you don't love them enough. I said, you don't love them enough. I understand that the house is not supposed to revolve around the kids. That's right. 
They're supposed to conform. They're supposed to be made to mind. And you know, people say, well, that's, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I mean, this spanking, that's abuse. You think you know more than God? He's got more kids than anybody in the world. Right? And if he, say, if he tells you how to deal with them, and you think you got a better plan, then you're saying you're smarter than he is about it. You know more about it. And that means you're ignorant. Backhanding a kid across the face is abusive. Hitting a kid with a shoe or with a belt buckle is abusive. Anybody that's got any sense knows the difference. But God has designed children in such a way that they have some extra padding on the rear. And if you'll take something smooth and flat like a little board, you can apply some pressure back there. And it'll sting, and it'll smart, and it won't hurt them and injure them physically, but it will affect their soul. I said it will affect their soul. How come me to get into all that? (laughs) Well, I don't agree with you, preacher. Well, you're wrong. (laughs) I'm not saying you're wrong because I'm right. I'm saying the scripture is right. Right? And the scripture very clearly tells us that if, I mean, let let me just give you a little bit further on this. Ignorance needs instruction. Rebellion needs discipline. Hmm? If a child doesn't understand, it's not time to spank. It's time to teach. Right? But if the child knows full well, you told them not to do that. They know it. And they just go on and do it anyway. You are not supposed to sit down and try to explain it to them for three hours. Ignorance is not the problem. It's rebellion. And rebellion is the nature of the devil. And if you don't teach them while they're young not to yield to that, then you are preparing them for failure in life. Because if they rebel against God, it can cost them everything. Right? And a good daddy will do that. Good daddies stand up in the rough stuff. The stuff nobody wants to deal with. The unpleasant stuff. The hard stuff. That's when it's time for daddy to stand up and deal with it. In love, in kindness, but in righteousness. What's right. Amen. If it's an ugly and uncomfortable situation, men, that's not when you send your wife. Well, honey, you just deal with it. And I'll be a man. The stuff that nobody else wants to deal with, that's when you stand up, men. Amen. Your wife can't do your praying for you. Thank God if you've got a good wife that prays. Talk to her. See what she's hearing from God. But she can't hear from God for you. She can't do all your praying for you. She can't just have all the faith for you. Daddy's supposed to lead the family. Amen. Daddy's supposed to lead the family in faith. And let me just touch on this song. While we're sweeping around, let's sweep out from under the rug too. (laughs) It's no wonder that some mothers and and wives and children are gun shy about following daddy. Because daddy goes off half caught. Daddy gets wild ideas. And we're going to do this and then the whole family winds up in a ditch. Huh? And it didn't work. And then Daddy says, okay, we're going to do this. And it didn't work. And Daddy says, well, we're going to try this. And it, and it, it goes belly up. Well, after, after a bunch of that, when Daddy comes and says, we're going to do this, everybody goes, oh, no. <laughs> Not again. Fathers, we have a responsibility. Amen. To not just do everything that crosses our mind or everything that our flesh wants to do. Get in there and hear from God. And then when you think you know, check it again. And then when you think you're sure, check it again. And then when you say, I believe I've heard from the Lord. This is the way we're going to go. And God is in it. And it works. And the blessing's on it. 
And then you come back again and you say, I believe I've heard what to do on this. And you lead the family and it works. God's in it. Anybody can make a mistake, but if you're, if you're trying to be led of the Lord, it's going to work a lot more times than it didn't work. And after it working and working and working, then your wife will begin to have more confidence in you and respect you and your kids will too. And then when daddy comes out of the prayer closet and says, I believe I've heard from the Lord, this is what we're going to do, they'll be ready to rally behind you. They'll be ready to support you. Some folk like this and some folk don't, but... <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. Your real, a real daddy, a real father, your heavenly father, and a godly father will never stop believing you in you. Even though Paul was rebuking them and really correcting them, he went on to say in verse nine of that chapter, he said, "Beloved, I, but he said, I am persuaded of better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though I thus speak." In other words, he turned around and said, "But you know, I don't believe you're going to be destroyed. I believe that you're going to straighten up. I believe that you're going to obey God. I believe that you are that kind of person." A real daddy, I don't care how badly you mess up. A real daddy is not going to tell you that your sin's okay. But nor will he discard you and throw you away. Hmm? I don't care how badly you messed up. He'll look you in the eye and say, you can still be what God wants you to be. And I'll believe with you. I'll stand with you. A real daddy will not stop believing in you. A real daddy will never forsake you. I said never. I know sometimes people have gotten divorces. But that's no excuse for daddies forsaking their kids. Right? Turn with me to Hebrews. Can you give me just a couple of more minutes here? Anything worth doing is worth doing completely and thoroughly. Hebrews 13. Man, I love this passage of Scripture. How many know your heavenly Father will not forsake you? He will not leave you. He will not let you down. A good father, a godly earthly father, won't let you down. He won't forsake you. Read this. In uh, Hebrews 13, 5, he said, Let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he has said, God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord's my helper and I will not fear what man shall do to me. Listen to the Amplified on this. It says, he God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not. I will not. It says it three times because that's in the Greek. Are you listening? I mean, God said light be, I guess, one time. Why would he say this? Because he knows you're going to be tempted about this. To wonder, is it really there for me? What did he say? I will not. I will not. I will not in any degree. Leave you helpless, or forsake you, or let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. How many believe you can count on it? I want to read it again. Is this God talking to us this morning? Is he a good father? Can you count on him? He said, "I." he, God himself, said this. I will not in any way fail you or give you up or leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless or forsake you or let you down or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. So we take comfort. We're encouraged. And we confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I'll not be seized with alarm. I'll not fear. I'll not dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? Now turn to Romans 8 real quickly. I I am closing. 
How many know your heavenly father will never hurt you? How many believe that? He will never hurt you. A good earthly father will never hurt you. How many know uh, you ought not ever have to think about your daddy beating you up? Or molesting you or some such thing. child shouldn't even have to think about that kind of thing. And yet you got people that will tell us that God will, will kill you. He'll break your legs. He'll put you in car wrecks. He'll send tornadoes to tear your house up. Well, if an earthly daddy did that, we'd call him a child abuser. Right? The scripture said in James 1 that God cannot be tempted with evil. He can't be tempted to do evil. And all these things are evil. He's a good father. Didn't Jesus say the thief comes? Not before to steal, kill, and destroy. But I'm come. That you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Everybody said out loud, my father, my father will not hurt me. Will not hurt me. No, need, no need to be afraid that he'll hurt you. And finally, Romans 8, are you there? My father will never, ever, ever stop loving me. Hmm? Are you there? In the 8th chapter, and the 35th verse. Romans 8.35 Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Love of the anointed one, the love of God. What can, what can happen in your life that would separate you from God's love? Can you name it? What would it be? He goes and gives a list. He says, shall tribulation... Can you be in enough trouble that God don't love you anymore? No. How about distress? Can you be so distressed that God's not loving you anymore? Persecution. Famine. Can you be in such poor poverty times that God don't love you anymore? Nakedness. Or peril. Or sword. Can you be in any situation, in any condition... It gets to the point God don't love you anymore. He's just tired of looking at you and tired of hearing about you. As it's written, for your sake we're killed all the day long. We're counted as sleep for sheep for the slaughter. That's how we're accounted. But verse 37, the first word is no. Everybody say no. No. In all these things, we're not just helpless victims. We're not just sheep for the slaughter. We are what? We are more than conquerors. We're too much conquerors. Amen. Amen. Through him that loved us. And the Apostle Paul gets to preaching now in this next verse. Can you see this? For I am persuaded, he said, that neither death. Think about every word. Can death separate you from the love of God? Nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, as nothing has happened that can cause God to quit loving you. There's nothing that is going on in the present that can cause God to quit loving you. There's nothing that's going to happen in the future that will cause Him to quit loving you. Not hype. You've never been so high <laughs> that God says, I don't love Him anymore. Nor depth. You can't get too low. I said, you can't get too low. How many believe you can't get too low? Amen. Yeah, but you know, man, I really messed up and I went back to the bottle and I fooled around and I did this. Well, that's bad, but I don't care how, I don't care if you looked up from the bottom of the gutter in your own vomit and in your own sin, are you too low? Does God look at you and say, I just despise them. I can't love anything like that. No, no depth is so low that God quit loving you. Not height, not depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Everybody say, I got a daddy. And what a daddy. Oh, what a father we have. The father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The father of all the great family up in heaven and down in the earth. He's a father who cannot fail. Hallelujah. He's a daddy that'll love you forever. He's a daddy that'll never lie to you. He's a daddy that'll never hurt you. He's a daddy that'll never stop believing in you. He's the daddy of daddies. He's my protector. He's my feeder and provider. Amen. He's my lead and my guide and my counsel. And He's inside me and He's all around me 24 hours a day. Every day of every week and every month and every year. And He's never going away. Can you say amen? Stand up on your feet. Let's lift our hearts to the Lord and let's praise and give honor to our Father God and every good Father that He's given us in the faith and the good Father that He's given us in our family. Lift up your hands. Father, we thank You. We bless You. You are our very own Father. We are Your very own children, Your sons and daughters. We're family. We're family. Say it out loud. You are my very own Father. I am am your very own child. child. We are are family. family. And what God God has joined together, together. let nobody nobody separate. separate. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. We exalt you. We give you thanks. You are our great and good, good, good Father God. Thank you for every good father in the faith you've given us. Thank you for our natural fathers. Thank you for people that have been a daddy to us and been a father to us. We give you all the praise. It's a wonderful, precious thing, and it has come from your hand. It is from you. Praise God.